miss our children and our kids crew leaders to head upstairs for kids crew. So they're gonna make their way to the front. This is for kids who are fourth grade and under to, to go upstairs and join our leaders for a time of worship as they study the stories of the Bible together and sing songs, do other activities. What a, what a great thing for them. We're gonna be looking at the fruit of the spirit today as we continue our study through the fruit of the spirit. And uh, I'm excited for this, this message this morning because I think it's perhaps amongst the most practical. Now, all the fruits of the spirit are, are practical in the sense that when we, when we live connected to Christ and we live in the power and the, and, and the work of the Holy Spirit moves in us, it's gonna produce this fruit. And of course, that means practically uh, that day by day, we wanna, we wanna reflect these fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But especially this fruit, the fruit of kindness, is so desperately needed in our world today. But I want to talk about what kindness really is, because I think it's important that we understand kindness in its, in its true essence, what it truly is. And so I'm excited for us to, uh, to, to study this together this morning. So let's read in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, because that's our principal text course, that's where we understand what the fruit of the Spirit is. But then we're going we're gonna to thumb our way over to Ephesians chapter 4 and look at verses 29 through 32 together as well as kind of our, our, our supplemental text to help us understand what kindness is this morning together. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, we read, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. That's today's fruit goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And so today, may we understand what kindness is in order that we will live with kindness, kindness towards one another, kindness toward everyone, understanding that to do so truly is a reflection of God's work and his movement in our hearts and our lives. When our children were really young, in fact, when, when we had just, before we had children, when we just had Pike, and when Pike was young, we determined that we wanted to have some kind of standard by which we, we would know how to measure whether or not we were living the way that God had called us to live as a family. And so we, we determined, Rayleigh, Rayleigh and I, we over, through a course of many conversations and prayer and searching the scripture, we determined that we were gonna establish a family covenant and in this family covenant, we were going to have these, these uh, if you will, these maxims, these, these essential points, these essential elements of, of how we felt like we were called to live as the people of God. And importantly, we wanted this to be something that we would point our children to as well. And so from the time that our kids were very young, we taught them what we refer to as the five things that butlers do, right? These are five things. These are five things that are rooted in the scripture that, that point us to God's call, his purpose for our lives. And so even when our kids were really little, they would know these, and they could tell you, even at like at two years old or three years old when they were just learning to speak, because we would drill this in their, in their heads and their hearts over and over and over. The, the, the butlers were to, uh, the, the five things, they were that we would tell the truth, 
be kind. That's where you see the connection with this morning. Tell the truth, be kind, share, have self-control, and be grateful. Those were the things that we were going to do. Tell the truth, be kind, share, have self-control, and be grateful. And we were going to live. These were going to be the standards by which we would live and we would measure our lives. Kind of a yardstick, a measuring stick, if you will. And it was so cute. I won't tell you which one to save them the embarrassment. But one of our kids, uh, one of our kids would always say when they were little, we would do the five things. And then they would say, and no sneaking that was the thing, you know, tell the truth, be kind, share, have self-control, and be grateful, and no sneaking. That was, they would always throw that in for extra measure. But you know, that, that kindness, the reason that made it onto our list of the essential things is because when you search the scriptures and when you, when you understand the, the character, the nature of God, we see that we serve a, a God who is in his nature loving and kind. In fact, one of the best word studies that you can do of the Bible, in my opinion, is the, the Hebrew word hesed. The Hebrew word hesed is the word that is translated oftentimes into English as loving kindness. And if you look through the Bible, look through the scripture, and you find all the places where you see the loving kindness of God, you see that God is wonderfully kind toward us. That he is he's rich in mercy and abounding in love toward us. But perhaps one of the, the greatest places that we see that is in the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 describes the immeasurable, the immeasurable greatness of his kindness toward us in Christ. We're going to look at that scripture in a few minutes again together. But the immeasurable greatness of his kindness toward us in Christ, that God has lavished his kindness on us, most specifically through the saving work of Jesus. We have spent much of this year studying through the book of Romans. You remember in Romans chapter 2, when we were in Romans chapter 2, verse 4, and we saw that it is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. That God in his love and his kindness to us has, has made himself available. He has re revealed himself to us so that even though we don't deserve his love, we receive it freely as a gift by faith in Jesus. And so the gospel itself points us again and again and again to the kindness of God. But I, I think perhaps one of the most poignant scriptures dealing with this kindness of God is in Ephesians chapter 4. And so I want us to look together at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 29 and read through verse 32. Of course, Ephesians 4.32 is a verse that maybe you learned years ago. Be kind to one another. But I want us to see in this context that we're not just to be kind for kindness sake, but rather we're to be kind because kindness itself is a reflection of the character of a loving God. Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed on the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. 
Why are we called to be kind? Why are we, I'll go further than that, why are we commanded to be kind? Because this isn't just a suggestion. This is a command. Why, why are we to be kind to one another? Because kindness itself is a reflection of the, the very character of who God is, of the, the very heart of God. Kindness reflects God's heart for us. That's the first point that you see in the notes this morning, that kindness reflects God's heart. We're to be kind because God is kind, and we are called as the children of God, as the people of God, to reflect him for the world to see. We are called to, to follow his lead, to imitate Christ, to live like he lived. And so as we follow the example that Jesus set for us, we must be kind. Now, a lot of people struggle with this for the, the very fact that there's a lot of brokenness in this world. There's a lot, there's a lot of sin. And Sometimes we're on the receiving end of that sin. Sometimes we, we suffer at the, at the hands of someone else's sin. Sometimes we are sinned against, we are wronged, we are hurt in, in some way. And it's easy when that happens for our hearts to become callous. And bitterness creeps in, and anger creeps in, and malice cre creeps in, and slander but Ephesians, in Ephesians, Paul writes that we're to put away those things. We're to let bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander, be, we're to put away all these things, malice, and we're to be kind. Because in being kind, we are reflecting the heart of God who loves us. You remember a few weeks ago when we studied the fruit of love? That was the first of the fruit of the Spirit, the first week that we studied together about a month ago now. And as we studied together, we saw that God loved us and made the first move. That the way that we know love is because God himself loved us and, and went first. He has revealed himself to us. He has made himself available to us. And his kindness is a reflection of that love. It points us to know that love. I mentioned Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. You've turned to Ephesians chapter 4. Thumb over and look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7. It speaks of the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Think on that. That's a, that's a mouthful, first of all. That phrase is a mouthful. But the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ. Immeasurable meaning that it cannot be measured, the riches of his grace, meaning that what God has given to us, what he has lavished upon us, the, the goodness that he has poured out, the grace that is poured out on us is immeasurable. We can't understand it. We can't measure it. Last week, we would sit on the beach and stare at the, the ocean, the Pacific Ocean. And, and, and from time to time, we'd, we'd go get in the water and we'd, and we'd play and let its waves kind of just carry us. And, and when you play in the water like that, sometimes you want to, you try to, you know, in the sand, you, you try to steady your feet and you want to, or, or you try to swim against the, the, the surf and swim against the, the waves. But 
But you, you realize quickly that there's a power in the ocean. There's a power to the waves that is, it just defies uh, our, our power and strength. And it's just, it's so much greater. And you can see that standing on the edge, at, on the beach, and, and looking out into the depths of the water. I've never been in, at afloat in the depths of the ocean. I hope to never be afloat in the depths of the ocean. But even if I were, you can imagine that the, the immense, the immeasurable power. That's what I think of when I think of the immeasurable riches of his grace. And yet, how incredible to understand that even that doesn't hold a candle to the power of God or the immeasurable riches of his grace toward us which are shown in his kindness through Christ Jesus. What an incredible thing. And when we live with kindness, it reflects the heart of this loving God. A lot of people struggle with kindness, and we confuse kindness with niceness. Now, I think we ought to be nice, too. Okay, hear me. I don't think that, I don't think we have any license to, to be mean or be a jerk, but kindness and niceness are not the same thing. Niceness is more of an attitude. Kindness is a character thing. Kindness shows up in the way that you treat people who have nothing to offer you. Kindness shows up in the way that we, that we act toward those who are marginalized or those who are the least of these, those on the fringes. Kindness shows up in the way that you treat your enemies, not just those who, are, who do good to you. Kindness shows up in, 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 in the, the posture of our heart, not just in the outward attitude. Niceness is important, too. I think we ought to be nice. I think that gets lost a lot. But don't confuse niceness for kindness. Because sometimes kindness means confronting someone with a sin. Sometimes kindness means, means being honest and true about the, the, the true nature of brokenness. Sometimes kindness means that we need to be called to repentance. Sometimes kindness means that we need to see our own brokenness and our own ugliness for what it is. Kindness reflects God's heart for us, and it's important that we guard our hearts. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 tells us, above all, to guard our heart because from it flows the wellspring of life. So we want to guard our hearts and protect our hearts. The principal way that we do that, of course, is we try to live in such a way that, that our hearts are surrendered to Jesus by faith and that the way that we live is a reflection of him, that he has truly, he has, he's Lord of, of our heart, of every area of our life. And when that's true of us, it will show in our kindness toward others we would reflect the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ. Kindness reflects God's heart. But not only that, I think kindness rejects man's desires. You see, when, when, when we reflect the heart of God, we, we turn, we, we, we reject the desires of the flesh. In this passage in Ephesians chapter 4, 
we see some of the, the products of the desire of man's heart. The desire of our heart naturally, the inclination of our heart is selfish. It's I want what I want and I want my way. And when someone else doesn't give me what I want, when someone else doesn't give me my way, when someone else doesn't treat me the way that I think I ought to be treated, then I respond to them I respond to them with defenses up. I respond to them in kind. I respond to them with bitterness and anger and, and, and malice. I respond to them with slander and all these things that we see in verse 31. And yet we're to put all of that away. We're not to speak ill of others. We're to, we're to, we're to reflect the kindness of God. So when we reflect the heart of God, we reject the desires of the flesh. We reject the sinful, selfish desires that would put me first, that would say, I want to be first. I want to be the one who's in charge. I want to be the one who's in control. I want to be the one who gets to call the shots. I want to be the one that gets to dictate. Everything needs to serve my needs and my timing and my plans and my purposes. But see, when we live with kindness, and we reflect God's kindness. We reject those selfish desires. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, a verse that you may well know. The prophet Micah speaks to the people of God and says, He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? We're to love kindness. This is what the Lord requires of us. You see, it's not just a suggestion. It's a requirement of Christ-likeness, that we would love kindness, that we would pursue kindness, that we would reflect the kindness of God in the way that we treat one another, in the way that we treat those around us, because it's a reflection of God's heart and a rejection of our selfish, fleshly, earthly desires. But then finally we see that kindness redirects one's trajectory. Kindness changes our direction. Kindness alters the course of our life. And in fact, that's exactly what Romans chapter 2 verse 4 tells us. Because Romans chapter 2 verse 4 tells us that it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Now, reflect on that verse for a moment. Reflect on that thought. The kindness of God that leads us to repentance. No one comes to repentance in Christ without understanding what their sin truly is. Kindness doesn't mean that we sweep sin under the rug. Kindness doesn't mean that we take all the brokenness and the pain and the heartache and the suffering, both that that we are guilty of and that others are around us, and we just dismiss it all flippantly. Kindness means we stare at that. We understand it. We see it for what it is. We, we acknowledge the weight of that sin, and yet we realize at the same time that our Savior suffered and died on the cross to pay the price for that sin so that we might be forgiven and set free, so that we might receive the immeasurable riches of his grace in the kindness of Christ Jesus. It's that very kindness, that very reality, that recognition of our sin that leads us to repentance. Oftentimes, we'd rather recognize everybody else's sin Oftentimes, it's so much easier for us to look at the sin in someone else's eye, or as Jesus puts it in the Sermon on the Mount, we see the speck in our brother's eye and we ignore the plank in our own eye, right? The log 
We, we, we go after the splinter in someone else's life and ignore the log in, in our own. We, it's so much easier for us to look at everyone else and say, yeah, but, but their sin and their, and their ugliness and, their, and, their, and all the... And yet, the kind thing for us to do is acknowledge our sin and our brokenness to redirect the trajectory of our life away from selfish desires and toward a loving Savior. That word repentance, in fact, in Romans 2, 4, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. That word repentance, I think, means an about face, a change in direction. The kindness of God leads us to do an about face. It, it changes the direction of our lives. It transforms us. And to the extent that we have received his love and his grace, and that we then, by the, the power of the Holy Spirit, begin to, we begin to demonstrate that fruit. We ought to live in a way that is different. There ought to be something different about you, Christian, different from this world, different from what you see on social media, different from what you see in the news, different from what you see in the culture at large. There ought to be something that's different about us, Sadly, too many people profess faith in Christ and live exactly like the world. But we're called to be kind. Now, again, let's understand kindness for what it truly is. Kindness is rooted in truth because it, it stares at sin. It recognizes sin for what it is. But it also understands that our Savior paid the price for that sin so that we might be forgiven and set free, that we might live in the immeasurable riches of His grace and the kindness of Christ Jesus. So in other words, kindness has a purpose. Why are we called to be kind? Well, because it, it reflects God's heart. It rejects man's desires. It redirects the trajectory of our life. But ultimately, all of that, the purpose of all of that, is so that we might shine the light of Christ into the darkness of this world. See, if it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, then when we live with that kindness, then we are pointing other people toward repentance. If it's the kindness of God, the immeasurable riches of his grace that has saved us, then as we live for that grace or live changed by that grace, we ought to reflect that kindness to the world around us. Kindness has a purpose. It reminds us of our brokenness and the Savior's power over sin and brokenness. There's a purpose in our kindness. It's that we might be more like Jesus. And how do we do that? Well, he's called us to live that way. In fact, he's commanded us to live that way. But then, again, as an act of his grace, as a gift toward us, he's given us his Holy Spirit to empower us, to enable us. What we've seen again and again, what we will continue to see again and again as we study through the fruit of the Spirit is that the way that our lives produce this fruit is through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Which is why Ephesians 4.30 tells us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? It means to sin against the Spirit. It means to disobey the Spirit. We're to obey the prompting of the Spirit. We're to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And when we do that, it will produce kindness in us. You can't be unkind 
and really reflect the gospel of Jesus. Because if you've been transformed by the saving power of Christ, if, you, if your heart has been changed by the gospel, it will be reflected in the way that you live. No, I don't mean perfectly, okay? I don't mean perfectly. We all have our moments. Lord knows I have mine. But the fruit of the Spirit in us is producing the work of God through the power of the Holy Spirit, transforming us from the inside out, making us more like Jesus that we might reflect his glory to the world around us. And as that happens, we ought to be kind because our Savior is kind. In a moment, we're going to move into a time of response today. And in our time of response today, I wonder, has there ever been a moment where you have encountered Jesus by faith, where you have been brought to that point, that moment of surrender, where you do an, an, an about face, a 180, have you ever confessed your sin and received the grace, the immeasurable riches of grace through the kindness of God in Christ Jesus that you have trusted in Jesus by faith, confessed him as Lord and Savior? Have you been transformed by that grace? Today when we stand together and we sing this song of invitation. We're going to sing the song, I Surrender All, a song that we often sing in this moment because that, just that, the, the words of that song reflect truly the weight of this moment. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. I surrender all, all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. May we truly surrender all that we have today, turning from our sin and turning to our Savior in faith as we trust him. And then as we walk by faith with him, may our lives reflect his character, reflect his heart for the world around us. See, so the first part of our invitation, the first call, if you will, of the invitation is that we would surrender our lives to Christ, that you would surrender your heart and your life to Jesus by faith. And if you have surrendered your life to Jesus by faith, then my challenge to you today is that it would show up in the way that you live as you demonstrate the fruit of the Holy Spirit, kindness in your life, kindness toward yourself, Understanding that God loves you, he's forgiven your mistakes, he's forgiven your sin, he's forgiven your past, he's wiped it away. Kindness toward others, those that you love, your family, your friends, your neighbors, but especially those you find hard to love, those that you might even rightly characterize as enemies to some extent, adversaries, that you would show kindness toward them and that that kindness would be a reflection of the love of God. Kindness reflects the heart of God, rejects the selfish desires of man, and redirects our trajectory, that our lives would be pointed in the direction of our Savior, away from our sin and toward our Savior today. I pray that we would be people who live in kindness. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I'm going to lead us in a, a prayer, and following the prayer, we're going to move into a time of response, a time of invitation. During our invitation today, Brad and I will be standing here at the front, and if God is stirring your heart, 
to surrender your life to Jesus today, I pray that you would come. And if he's calling you in some way to live in kindness, to take a measured step, and even in this moment, I pray that you would respond in obedience to him. Lord, we are so grateful for the immeasurable riches of your grace, which have transformed us. It is truly your kindness, your justice, your goodness, your, your power, your authority that leads us to repentance, understanding, Jesus, that you were sinless and perfect. You did not deserve to die, and yet you willingly chose the cross to pay the price for our sin that we might be forgiven and set free. Savior, today we look to you, and we want to reflect your glory for this world. We want, to, we want to point others toward you, Jesus, by living with kindness truly as a, a reflection of your heart, a demonstration of your Spirit's work in our hearts for others to see. Stir in us, move in us now, we pray. Amen.